Hello, and welcome to another Veterinary Team Training Podcast. My name is Amy Newfield, and I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out my website at vetteamtraining.com, where you'll find other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts. Today, I'm going to do another installment of Shit You Shouldn't Have to Put Up With, and today's actual topic is definitely a hot-button topic. It's Shit You Shouldn't Have to Put Up With, the devaluation of your credentials. Yeah, that's a mouthful in and of itself. But let's kind of just get into the gist of what I'm talking about because it is a hot button topic, in, especially as a veterinary technician. Do you need credentials or is on-the-job trained good enough? Ooh, we're going to go there, people. I think it's important. And the shit you shouldn't have to put up with is when people devalue your credentials. Now, let's define what credentials are. I think we need to definitely break down on-the-job trained versus those who've gone and gotten credentialing. Let's face it, the career known as veterinary technology is strange, and it's actually strange worldwide. We're either called veterinary technologists, veterinary technicians, veterinary nurses. It's very confusing, and depending on what country you're part of or what state you're part of, you can have a variety of different actual names that apply to your career. But let's break down just on a simplistic level. I think the United States perhaps has the most confusing process because we don't just have one title for someone who is a credentialed veterinary technician. No, no, nay, nay. We actually have four currently, potentially soon to be five different titles. I am not going to get into the registered veterinary nurse debate. I'm just going to merely say that there is a potential that a title of registered veterinary nurse may come to fruition. Are we going to unify our titles before I'm dead? Answer no. I'll just tell you right right now. I'm dying way before I ever see that all 50 states agree on one title. It's not going to happen. That's how pessimistic I am. It's sad to say, but I don't have the time nor the effort to put my energy into that. Do I think it's important? I do. Do Am I going to see it? No, because there's no way that 50 states are ever going to agree on one singular title. So currently, if you're not part of the United States, we have LVTs, those are licensed veterinary technicians, CVT, credentialed or certified veterinary technicians, RVT, registered veterinary technician, LVMT, licensed veterinary medical technician, and then a potential coming down the pipeline, probably I'm sure some state will adopt it, the registered veterinary nurse, RVN. Oh my gosh, what the heck? Again, I'm not going to ever see unification on title. I would rather just get title protection for every single state, no matter what that title is. I don't really care what you call me, to be perfectly honest, because I get asked that question all the time. Like, what do you want to be called? I just want to be recognized as a profession in this country. That would be really nice. You can call me whatever you want as long as I'm recognized. Because in the end, those four titles potentially five, um, are actually the ones that I'm going to use to term the term a credentialed veterinary technician. So a credentialed veterinary technician is one of those four things, again, maybe five, um, that we are talking about here in the United States. In order to become that credentialed technician, there's one of two ways that you could have done this. You could have taken a state exam in which you grandfathered in and then passed that state exam and now you get to use those credentials of that state. 
Or you, and more commonly nowadays, you have gone to an AVMA accredited school, you graduated and passed the VTNE, that's the Veterinary Technician National Exam. Regardless whether or not you took a state exam or whether or not you took the VTNE or you went to school and took the VTNE, you are a credentialed veterinary technician. The end. That's the, where the debate of credentialed veterinary technician is going to end for this podcast. I get it. Some people have associates of science. Some people have bachelor's of science. We're not going down that rabbit hole. My goodness, can we just agree for this podcast, the terminology which I'm using is credentialed veterinary technician applies to somebody who has graduated and or passed the national exam or passed a state exam. There you go. That's credentialed veterinary technician. The other pool of individuals are on the job trained or the infamous OTJs. It sounds like a really cool posse, right? I want to be part of the OTJs. So OTJ, on the job trained, are individuals who have not passed a state exam, have not gone to school, and have not passed the VTNE. They are not awarded any sort of actual credentials by the state that they practice in. Largely, for the rest of this podcast, we're going to call these people veterinary assistants. So here's where the shit you shouldn't have to put up with comes into play. I am a credentialed veterinary technician. I have a CVT for the state of Massachusetts. At one point, I had an LVT for the state of Virginia, and I had a CVT for the state of New Hampshire for many years. So those are where I've been personally credentialed in my career. It is important to me that wherever I go, people see value in my credentials. And this is where that slippery slope happens. Because unfortunately, in most hospitals, no one gives a shit about your credentials. And that's the shit you shouldn't have to put up with. This irks me to no end. Why am I so peeved by this? Because there is value in education and there is value in someone who's taken a state or a national exam. All right, I'm going to backtrack my career up a little bit. And first and foremost, I'm going to say, hey, for those of you listening who are OTJs, you guys are awesome. I have gone toe-to-toe with plenty on-the-job, amazing trained veterinary assistants. They're awesome at what they do. I would trust my own pet's life with them to monitor their anesthesia, take radiograph, or perform other medical procedures on them. But here's the reality. I've been in this profession for 23 years and I've worked very small private practice all the way up to the biggest company in the world. And somewhere right now, I think I'm in the middle with my current company. I have seen both wonderful on-the-job trained veterinary assistants and I have seen wonderful credentialed veterinary technicians that I've worked alongside. I've also seen the bad version of both as well. So here's why we need to value education. When I started off in veterinary medicine, I started off a single veterinary owned practice. One veterinarian owned this practice and I was one of the few, actually the only when I first started, credentialed veterinary technician. I was it, that's it. Everyone else was on the job trained. Very quickly, I moved into a leadership role and this is where my book, Oops, I Became a Manager, that's where it got its title from because oops, I became a manager of this hospital without intending to ever do so. But I moved into a management role because very quickly they were able to see that I came out of school with some already base knowledge of veterinary medicine and some skill sets because I was required to do externships before graduating. So I had already learned how to place IV catheters, monitor anesthesia. And I'm not saying I was great at it. I definitely was not great at it. But at least I had the base knowledge. 
The owners of this practice, bless them, they're the most wonderful, kind people, and they wanted the best for their hospital, but they didn't know how to do it. So they paid me actually the exact same salary as anyone that they brought to me to train. And yes, they brought me people to train. Over my six-year period there, I trained countless waiters and waitresses. I I actually trained a couple bank tellers. I trained someone who worked at a local hardware store. I trained them all to be quote unquote veterinary technicians. Yes. Uh, Here's one of my favorite stories. And she's actually now a really great friend of mine. She's actually one of my best friends. Um, But one day I'm, I'm in the hospital and here comes the owner of the hospital and she said, Amy, you're not going to believe it. We were having dinner last night and this young woman just loves veterinary medicine and loves animals. She just recently graduated from college as a theology major and we want you to train her to be a veterinary technician. She starts tomorrow. This is a real story. I really had to train people from scratch. So I know exactly what it means to be on the job train with no basic knowledge whatsoever. You are you are handed into a veterinary hospital and you have to train every single medical skill. And so that person wasn't even my first on the job trained. She ended up, by the way, being absolutely a superstar. She ended up getting her credentials, going to school to become a veterinary technician, getting her credentials, passing the VTNE going on to become a CVPM, um, going on to get a master's degree. She's killing it in this industry. But at the time, I thought, what does a theology major know about veterinary medicine? I mean, I can tell you some crazy on-the-job train stories. There were people that would come in, and they didn't know anything about veterinary medicine. On day one, they would see blood, and they'd pass out. And I'd go, okay, well, maybe veterinary receptionists might be a better career path for you. I would have people who just got bitten on the first day, who injured themselves on the first day, or those who came very close to doing a seriously harmful medical mistake. It was a super stressful job because here I am, very new in the industry myself, being delivered these individuals to train as, quote unquote, you can't see my bunny ears, but they're there, veterinary technicians. Here's the reality is my practice, while they loved me and they valued me as a person, they did not value me at my credentials. They devalued my credentials because those people made the same entry level salary that I made when I joined that hospital. This is shit we just shouldn't have to put up with. Now, that was 23 years ago, and it was a relatively new profession at the time. I mean, I graduated from school in the 90s. The first veterinary technicians college, the first AVMA accredited school, started in the 1970s. That that actual, that means we've only been an actual profession for about 50 years. And again, this was only 20 years or so into the profession, and here's Amy, (laughs) you know, and most of the people in hospitals were on the job trained. But at this point, this is a real career and our employers need to start taking it seriously. They have to put a value on those who have become educated. Now, for those of you who are on the job trained, you're not going to like to hear what I'm about to say. How do we value education? We value education by awarding more opportunities more advancement within the hospital, and yes, more money. Those that have earned their credentials have the right to more money, and here's why. And I know this is a hot-button topic because I have gone toe-to-toe with some people who've been in the industry for longer than me who are on the job train, and they're great. But in the end, 
if I am a credentialed veterinary technician and I have the same amount of years experience as someone who is on the job trained and I can do the same skill set and I can have shown my employer that I'm equal to this on the job trained person, the person with credentials should make more money. And here is why. This is why valuing education is so important. Having trained both on the job as well as those who've come right out of school, I can officially tell you just anecdotally, Having someone with absolutely zero knowledge of the industry and training them how to restrain, how not to get bitten, how to properly clean a cage. Did you know that there are six sides to the cage? Do you know that when a dog yawns or licks its lips, it's actually having a conflict behavior? That doesn't mean it's happy or thirsty. So please get your face out of that dog's face. Those are things that you have to go over every single detail when you have somebody on the job trained because you're just trying not to get them injured, also do your job, and also teach them things all at the same time. When I have somebody who came out of school, I hopefully they had that knowledge. I'm not saying everybody's a rock star coming out of school. And this is what I hear all the time from on the job trained people. Oh, the people coming out of school, they just are completely clueless. No, you've been in the industry longer. So you have more than the basic knowledge. But here's the deal. Toe to toe, you take someone who's gone out of school versus someone who's on the job train. I guarantee you the person who's coming out of school, they've already placed a couple of catheters. They're going to advance faster and be able to be more productive as an employee a lot quicker in that hospital than someone who's on the job trained. Now, over time, let's say over three, four, five years, they may become equals. But the amount of money that that hospital saved by having someone who was already previously trained by educated individuals in a school setting, oh my gosh, you cannot put a value on that. There's been two studies, and I want you guys to hit me up uh, for these studies if you have any questions about them. So these two studies have basically shown that credentialed veterinary technicians actually earn more revenue for a practice than those that actually are on the job trained. One was an AVMA 2008 biannual economic survey, and it said on average for every credentialed veterinary technician, a practice employed, the practice actually generated an extra $161,000 more in gross revenue. That's huge. That's a couple people's salary, right? Here's also what that same 2008 study concluded. There was no significant change in revenue when hiring non-credentialed technicians. Okay, so let's fast forward a couple years. Now we're in 2010. JAVMA puts out a different independent study and they showed very similar results. It said basically the typical veterinarians, the typical veterinarian's gross income actually increased by $93,000 for each additional credentialed veterinary technician per veterinarian in the practice. And guess what? There was no increase in the veterinarian's gross income if it was on the job trained. So that's right. If you are a credentialed veterinary technician and you are listening to this podcast, you are directly contributing to the actual gross income of the veterinary hospital. This means that your salary should correlate to the fact that you do bring in more revenue than a non-credentialed, on-the-job trained veterinary assistant. And yet it does not. And again, this is why it's shit we shouldn't have to put up with. So I started going down the rabbit hole for this podcast of is there actually a value in education 
Do educated people earn more money? And how do we define the value of education? It's hard. I looked up a whole bunch of business articles, a whole bunch of research. I went to the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics, and I really tried to find statistics. Here is one way that the United States Bureau of Statistics, the BLS, actually summed up education and the value of it. They wrote this, it is hard to quantify the full value of an education, but the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics data consistently shows that in terms of dollars, education makes sense. The more that you learn, the more that you earn. And for example, the 2020 data from, again, that same Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that among workers age 25 and older, those with a doctoral or a professional degree actually had the highest median weekly earnings. And this is through salaries. So the highest median uh, weekly earning in 2020 with people with, again, doctoral or professional degrees earned more money, roughly about $1,800 respectfully. Now, those with master's degrees earned about an average of about $1,500. Bachelor degrees earned about $1,200. And then associate's degrees were about $880. The bottom of the list, those that were, and that's, by the way, weekly earnings. So wouldn't that be great? I makes me want to go get a doctorate if the weekly earning is $1,800. That means on a two-week paycheck, you're making about $3,600. That's amazing. At the bottom of the list, the workers without a high school diploma and those without a high school diploma averaged about $592 a week. And so there is a direct correlation that in most other professions, the higher educated you are, the more money you're supposed to earn, except for if you're a veterinary technician, where you come out of college with your associates or bachelors of science, enter into a hospital, and they give you the same entry level salary as someone who's on the job train. You've got to be effing kidding me. What are we doing? So what we know is, again, the value of the hospital is huge. You come out, you already know how to place a catheter to some level. You're not going to be a perfectionist at it. You're not going to be epic at, you know, doing calculating uh, CRIs or or even understanding maybe the difference between lactated ringers or 0.9%. You're not going to know everything, but you have a lot of technical technical skills that you've come into the hospital with, as opposed to someone who has zero technical skills. And here's what I'm hearing a lot about, and this really still just, as you can tell, I'm so fired up about this. I hear a lot of employers, a lot of hospital practice managers and owners I do a lot of consulting and in my conversations with them, I hear a lot of, we have very green staff, we don't have time to train. We have very green staff, we don't have time to train. And some of them do say, I have veterinary assistants and I have credentialed veterinary technicians, cool. But here's the reality. If you know you don't have time to train, then you should definitely pay the people who are trained, who have gone to school, that have some knowledge. You should tra- You should automatically award them with more money because, oh, thank goodness you don't have to train them as hard. And I, I hear it again. I'm I hearing some of you, but Amy, I get some people that come out of school and they're just not great. And I have to work so hard to train them. Guess what? They're sucky doctors too, people. I've worked with many of them. They've come out, they've graduated with a degree from a veterinary college. They are now a, a licensed veterinary medical doctor and they are terrible. And I'm like, my God, how did you graduate? That happens in every industry. 
So stop using that as your excuse to quote unquote, not pay them any better. The other thing I see a lot of, of devaluing of our education and our credentials is those employers who make you have to prove your skills and knowledge. You should automatically come in at a higher level. But instead, what I see a lot of hospitals doing is, especially entry level credentialed veterinary technicians enter in a hospital and they say, well, listen, after six months, we'll reevaluate your skills and your knowledge. But this is where we start everyone. B.S. You have a college education. This is not where you should be started. You should be started again above those who are on the job train. All right. So at what point does on the job train make more than or equal to someone who has credentials. Fair enough. I will admit that there is a time and place for that. We have people with 10, 15, 20 years of experience on the job train. They're going to and should be making more money than an entry-level veterinary technician. But very quickly and at a lot faster pace, that veterinary technician can get up to that on-the-job trained actual salary. And I do believe that we should be holding positions for our credentialed veterinary technicians, leadership roles, training roles, things like that that are a little bit more coveted, that are super special and should earn more money because when you move into a position as a supervisor, a manager, a director, or as a trainer, you're adding extra value to that hospital and you're adding extra work to your plate. Therefore, you should get paid more. I know plenty of wonderful on-the-job trained managers. They're fantastic. They, you know, were a veterinary assistant for many years and they moved into a supervisor or a management role. Yes, we might be able to consider some of those rare unicorns. You know how I love unicorns. When you have that on-the-job trained rare unicorn, maybe they are a great fit for a leadership role. But we should value the education of those who took the time to go to school, who has have the school debt, who have to work doubly as hard to pay off that school debt because they wanted to come out with a basic knowledge of the career that they were going to dedicate their life to. We should reward them potentially with other coveted positions that are not going to be applicable for veterinary assistance. If you want those roles, you need to go back to school. Now, here's another thing I'm going to add to it. As an employer, you should help pay for education. At this point, online education is very affordable. And I, it's not affordable to all, but it's in for, it's affordable to most employers. It doesn't cost that much. For under $10,000, you know, most online schools somewhere of say seven to 10, some are $15,000. Can we split the difference? Can we help subsidize? Can we give a bonus to someone who gets credentialed? What does that look like? Because again, knowledge is power. We know credentialed veterinary technicians bring huge benefits to the hospital. They're going to be able to explain to the to a pet owner why heartworm disease is a problem and exactly what the pathophysiology of it is. Try explaining to that to someone who is on the job trained on their first day. They don't know. They they don't even know really what a heartworm is. Do they know it came from a mosquito? Do they understand the larva to adult stage? Do they understand of it any of that? Do they understand what the actual um, heart guard prevention does? How does it prevent? Is it killing off adults? Is it killing off, you know, the microfilaria? Do they even know what the word microfilaria is? I've literally had to teach people medical terminology. It is exhausting trying to teach someone on the job train. So therefore, credentialed veterinary technicians are going to be better for hospitals and we should value them. 
I also do believe, and this is in my book again, Oops, I Became a Manager, you should definitely not only separate out veterinary assistants from veterinary technicians by title so that we give you know the value to those who went to school those are our veterinary technicians we honor them with a title we give them more money we potentially even give them more opportunity again for those who are veterinary assistants we create a career path and we help them actually get their credentials how can we do that can we give them a loan can we help pay it outright what can we do to get those people into that credentialed veterinary technician career because we want career veterinary technicians and here's the sad thing when I read on Facebook and it's a lot I'd go at least once a week somebody posts on a general veterinary technician veterinary assistant Facebook group and says you know I was thinking about getting into this field or I was thinking about going to school I've been working for a year or two and I was thinking about going to school should I go to school and I read over and over no there's no point no you're not gonna make any money no it's stupid you can learn everything you need to know on the job and here's the thing, you do have some amazing on-the-job trained individuals who've taken the time to open books, read books, listen to podcasts, educate themselves on every single nuance of veterinary medicine. But doing it is exhausting. Those people are the unicorns. For the rest of the individuals, no, you just don't know as much as someone who's gone to school, who's credentialed, who then continues their education by going to conferences, having to maintain their credentials. So obviously, in almost every single state, in order to maintain your credentials, you have to keep up on your continuing education. Credentialed veterinary technicians are more likely to participate in continuing education because they have to maintain their credentials. So when you have someone who's on the job trained and they're not even going to continue their education because what they need to know is so vast, Guess what who benefits the hospital more? Again, that credentialed veterinary technician. And there's one last point because I talked about how in you know a veterinary hospital, reserving some supervisor, manager, or leadership roles for those who are credentialed should be reserved for those who, who are credentialed. And here's why. There was a study from 2018 from the Association of American Colleges and Universities, and they found that when they surveyed executives or hiring managers, 82% of executives and 75% of hiring managers surveyed believed that it was very important or absolutely essential for individuals today, and this was in 2018, to complete a college education. They also cited that 90% of hiring managers needed to have new employees have the ability to communicate effectively orally as very important. And 87% said the ability to be able to complete projects or work effectively in teams was also very important. And all again, those executive and managers felt that going to college gave the individuals the tools and resources, not only in the hard skills, in the learning knowledge part of it, but also in soft skills. So yes, college is expensive. And the more you spend years you spend getting degrees, yeah, it's going to be expensive to pay it back. Most everybody who's graduated from, again, a AVMA accredited school knows exactly what I'm talking about. You have to pay back your student loans. But in the end, you're contributing to not only your own education, but bettering the hospital and the veterinary patients. 
Now, for those of you who are in hospitals, here's what I need you to do. I need you to stop calling everyone veterinary technicians because they're not, okay? For those of us who went to school, for those of us who contribute more to your practice, for those of us who come in with some basic knowledge that you don't have to train as much, we provide immense value to your actual hospital. Therefore, you need to stop calling everyone a veterinary technician because they simply are not. The other thing you need to do is you need to pay people better. For those who are credentialed and if again years experience and they are toe to toe with someone who's on the job trained the credential veterinary technician needs to be making more money just stop paying them the exact same and when that credential veterinary technician comes into your hospital they should automatically earn a higher salary than someone who just comes in off the street as on the job trained or perhaps was a kennel assistant or perhaps they worked in a shelter that person with credentials who has an associates of science or a bachelor's of science pay them more freaking money because it really is shit they they shouldn't have to put up with. They have an education and why we consistently devalue it in veterinary medicine is beyond me. If you have a veterinarian that comes into your hospital, you don't call them something else. You don't call veterinary technicians doctors. So why is this a profession where it's okay to just devalue someone's credentials? So again, this is shit we shouldn't have to put up with. I hope that this challenges you. I want you to start separating out the two from your hospitals. For those of you on the job train, I love you guys. I do. I want you to become educated because that's going to help push this profession forward. It's actually going to earn you a higher salary and it's going to make employers say, oh, we should be paying more money. Right now, the reality is is that every employer, it doesn't matter if it's veterinary medicine, if it's Walmart, if it's Subway, um, if it's Home Depot. Every employer wants to pay the lowest dime on the dollar for payroll. That is just the reality of business. When you look at someone who's willing to do the same or eat or a similar job to someone who is comes out of school and they're willing to accept a lower salary, well, this is where we're at at a profession because we are, have individuals who are willing to accept a lower salary. If we were all college educated, we were all credentialed, we're not going to be willing to accept that lower salary. And this is the time to start these conversations. This profession has never been shorter staffed. I have been, again, 23 years soon to be 24, I've never seen this profession so short-staffed. So if you are a credential veterinary technician, guess what? Ball's in your court. Ask for more money. Explain the value. Explain why you should be a veterinary technician and term that in your hospital. And and those who are on the job trained are called veterinary assistants. Ask for that and demand it. And if you don't find it, go find an employer who actually values it. More and more employers, particularly big companies, I've been impressed with what they're doing. They are starting to stratify away true credentialed veterinary technicians from veterinary assistants. Good. That's the profession that we want. It's the career that we want. We have to start putting value on education and then we can hopefully start getting the quote unquote livable wage. And I've seen companies that are starting to do that and I've been impressed. I've been impressed where companies are actually giving true salaries that veterinary technicians can live on. And I'm not just making fluff here. I'm saying starting salaries of 20, 25, 30, 35. And in some cases, I know veterinary technicians who are making $40 an hour. That's amazing because they're credentialed and they've put actual value on that education. Kudos to those employers. We need more of you out there. You are definitely the unicorns of the industry. So let's move the needle on this, people. If Again, if you're in the leadership role in your hospital, again, what I need you to do, separate the two out, start paying veterinary technicians more, create clear career paths for those who are not 
actually credentialed, get them to become credentialed, make sure there's an incentive plan to do so. For those who are credentialed, put the ownership on not just the value of it in terms of salary, but what other opportunities are unique to them and really praise them for going that step above and beyond because they're helping your patients, your clients, and adding revenue to your practice that a non-credential does not. So thank you guys so much for listening to Shit You Shouldn't Have to Put Up With, Devaluing Your Credentials. I hope you enjoyed it and thank you for listening. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com and keep on being a unicorn. 